Hello everyone, I am Marcibel and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mosibel, Nigerian-born, U.S. educated, Korean-speaking, struggling intellectual. Today, I have a wonderful guest on the podcast, and I met them through a mutual friend who's also Egyptian. Shout out to Sama, Sama, our wonderful friend. And my guest, her name is Shema Farag. She's an Arabic-English translator at TED Talks. She's also a Coursera Global Translator Community, an author of many books for kids, including Hi, I'm Syrian. She's a journalist, blogger at HuffPost Arabic, Al Jazeera Blogs. She's also a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church Interfaith Community, and she's a mom of two boys. She graduated <laughs> at the School of Science in Egypt. She's Egyptian, she loves to cook, and she loves crafts. So everyone, join me in welcoming Shama to the podcast. Hello, Shama. Hello, Mo. How are you? <laughs> very good, very good. And uh, we've talked about Seattle, so I'm not going to ask you about Seattle. So, Please. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so, so much. I'm really honored to, you know, share your story. And one thing I want to also thank you for is when I did send you that invitation, you once you replied, you were like, you know what, I've listened to your podcast and I'm going to do it because it resonates with me. Thank you for doing that because most people don't get that chance to listen to the podcast. When you told me you listened to my podcast, it actually made me feel more like, wow, I felt very honored, one. And then two, like getting you on board was like, it was a more meaningful thing for me to have you on the podcast because I feel like you already knew what I was about. So thank you for that. And I want to you. You know, let you know that that meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way you're talking to your friend, the Nigeria friend, yeah. about the difference in culture and the cultural shock. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I've heard that and I see, yeah, I have, I have, I'm the same. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel the same. Well, good. Here. <laughs> good. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. You, so you, I like you, the way you shared your idea and the way you're comparing your own culture with American culture and yeah. how people are different. And, you know, you know, I believe in that stories are bringing people together, you know, yep. <laughs> and that so I, I, did, I really loved your uh, your podcast and I, uh, uh, I wanted to join you. So Aww. thanks for giving me this such opportunity. <laughs> well, thank you. I think at this rate we need to stop thanking each other because we're going to just keep saying thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> anyway, so I know yeah. you're from Egypt. Can you tell us about your process as to, you know, you being Egyptian and how you made your way to the U.S.? And I know you've lived in other countries as well, but I'm going to just have you, you know, tell us more about that. Um, originally, Bo was born in Egypt, and uh, I've been there for like 24 years. Then I got married. Then when I got married, I went to Saudi Arabia with my husband. That was when his work, where his work was. Yeah. I stayed there for two years, almost two years. Then we're back in Egypt. Then he's fine himself looking for another job in, in Western country. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, in, the, in the Arab community or in the Arabian Peninsula, his, his, um, the, the way or the field he's working on is more, is more detailed and more um, specialized, uh, specialized mm-hmm. in, out, outside, of the, outside of the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, and even it's more civilized and modern. He's working in the IT and the software developing and such, etc. So there, his career is going to grow mm-hmm. in outside. So that's why, why we um, thought about moving. He, uh, to U.S. and is we didn't get, get to U.S. directly. We just moved to Canada first, yeah. and we stayed there for one year and a half. It was the loveliest year in my ever I ever lived. <laughs> what, made, what made it wonderful in Canada? Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, I've been in Vancouver. 
I think people are just said that the, it's the third lovely, beauty, more, more, most beautiful country in the whole world. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. People there are super nice. And, uh, you know, I've, I remember myself walking down the street for the first time, pushing my kid's buggy. Yeah. And I went to the grocery store yeah. and I was amazed by how the, everything was disciplined. Everything, everything was written in, in English and French because the people in this country yeah, speaking both language, languages. Yeah. 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 And I was amazed. I was looking here and there. And all of a sudden, I <laughs> crushed into a pile of cans. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> you were looking. <laughs> yeah, we were looking. Yeah. And, and then oh, I, I thought the, the, the manager or the people are working there going to kick me out of the, yeah, the marketplace. But they didn't. They, they, oh. I, see, I see a guy coming from the very back behind the, the market. And he came to me. And I'm expecting him to yell at me or something. But okay. he said, with this, the nicest <laughs> ever, oh. he said... Uh, uh, are you okay? I said, well, <laughs> really? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> You're not going to penalize me? Or uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, he was so, so, super, super nice. And I said, oh, oh I'm sorry. I just, I just dropped them off. I, I'm going to fix this. And he said, no, no, you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to fix it for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, two years later, I, I, I've been to, to U.S. And one of my friends had the same situation, but... <laughs> Because she was she was Muslim and she was hearing a hit cover and you know oh. the, the you know about the news and you know the media is not fair twisting things. Yeah. They thought the uh, she just dropped the can on a metal surface and it it was high, uh, you know was a high sound crash. So every everybody in the market were running away from her. Whoa! <laughs> so, so that she she's no. gonna throw a bump. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the, yeah, they that's were not, that's not funny. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> oh, they were running everywhere, and oh. they, uh, she so people are crossing out their heads and, well, and <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, they were scared. Oh. So yeah, so the mindset is totally different in Canada. People are super smart, super nice, and I, you know, I've been anywhere in the public library yeah. or in a public park. I talk to everyone, and they smile back to me and talk to me, and even I go with so personal uh, questions like, "What do you do for um, for birth?" control what do you how much you pay for your tax and they answer me and they were super you know you know, we're open-mindedly you know with you? okay we yeah get it. we get it you love canada okay we get yeah. it yeah <laughs> so you live in canada for a year and a half do you have yeah. to leave as well was it because of your husband's job yeah, it was oh. my husband's job, yeah. He was working there with his team here in U.S. remotely, so we have to move in U.S. Mm. later. But I've been crying when I was leaving the airport, you know. There's such a wonderful landscape, you know. You get to, you get to, to go there and see how the landscape is, is brilliant, brilliantly fantabulous, you know. I've been to, Mont- I've been to Canada once. I, went, I visited Montreal, though, and that was in 2014. Uh, okay, yeah. So um, you left Canada and then you came back. To, you came to the U.S. for the first time, right? Yeah, I came to the U.S. for this first time. I've been here like this is my fifth year or fourth year, I think. And um, I like it, but I like Canada more. Yeah, Canada more. <laughs> yeah, I like it Canada more, yeah. So you lived quite a number of places. Now, what would you say you missed the most about Egypt? when you Because you lived there for 20-something years of your life. Uh, I miss my family, my mom, you know, uh, you know, she's, uh, you know, I, I miss her hugs. I miss her talks, you know, and my sister chit chats, you know, um, the foods, the foods in Egypt are so wonderful. You know, I, I've been, when I go there, I just been eating and eating and then I will, yeah. I, I have to go to the dentist. I, I prefer myself, myself for going to the dentist at once. 
um, they're having the treats, the the, the foods, and they, they're almost stuffing everything. They are stuffing the grapes, the, the the vine leaves. They are stuffing the the chickens, the the quail, the pigeons. Everything is gonna be stuffed in Egypt stuffed, with rice, yeah, yeah and oh, a wonderful spice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's an African country, I know. But I find out I don't really, as a Nigerian, I don't know so much about Egypt. I know you guys love soccer. You have a very good soccer team. And I know there's the pyramid there in Gaza. But yeah. Is it, is it Gaza? Uh, Giza. Giza, sorry. Yeah, Giza. Gaza Strip is in Syria, right? There you go. See, I'm very ignorant. I'm an ignorant Nigerian. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> I will tell you what, surprisingly, uh, you know, it, surprisingly, uh, you know, it, it, Egypt is my home country, but I've never been to pyramids yet, you know, oh, really? you're, you know, well, okay. I, I've been to other places and I would like, I would like, let me use this opportunity to introduce Egypt to you more than more people know, because when I've been to Canada, it's the more Western country I've ever been. And even when they, I talk to them, they because of my headscarf and um, Egyptian, they thought I'm not talking English. And even they thought because you know I have the light accent; it's not a heavy accent like most of Egyptians. They thought like I was born and raised in Egypt, so uh, in uh, sorry in uh, Canada or in U.S. And I told them no, I've, bo- I've I'm born, I've born, I've been born and raised in Egypt, yeah. and uh, I've been learning how to speak English for 16 years, and uh, you know. In uh, in Egypt, uh, they thought I might be coming from Egypt in a, on a camel, but you know this is not right. <laughs> we have desert, but we have also wonderful places. We have malls, we have uh, wonderful hospitals, we have academic universities that they are uh, highly ranked and uh, highly educated people are there. You know, there is wonderful places. They are even you know you cannot believe that this beauty is on earth. So yeah, you know there is many things you can see in Egypt other than the camels, <laughs> other than the, the desert. Uh, so you got to see this if you are willing to visit Egypt. You were, you were be, you will, you will, you will be fascinated by how the beauty, the beauty of the, the of the, yeah, of the city is. Yeah. Okay, thanks for telling that. Now I can't visit <laughs> Egypt. And but I was wondering, you know, when you were in Egypt, did you learn a lot about Nigeria as well? Um, Nigeria. Uh, so this is the ignorant part part of me. <laughs> oh no, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm, I'm, I think there's a problem there that we don't get to learn about each other's countries. That's why I wanted to ask you that. Uh, I do know about South Africa. I no, know the because yeah. um, the the World Cup I think was there, and uh, oh, my yeah. cousin has to, has to live there. And I know they have a beautiful forests and landscape, and you know. They are rich in those kind of stuff, but the other countries I know most of the most of them are suffering uh, from the, the the lack of water, and uh, I believe so. But I, I it's dry, it's dry there. Yeah, I, I do believe that the most of, many of the countries in the South Africa are, are the, having the same issues. And even they are, uh, there's also programs that um, promoting for donations and uh, collecting money for people are there uh, to get them have clean water and get um, enough medicine and uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. I hear that, but I'm not sure if that's right or not. But I don't know much about Nigeria, to be honest, you know. Oh, and that's that's okay, because I don't know a lot about Egypt as well. So that's what I'm saying, there's a <laughs> fundamental issue there where we don't get to learn about each other's countries and i mean you know not just the ones that are close by so i'm nigerian right and i live mm-hmm. i lived in nigeria for a better part of my life 
And I don't even learn about the history of the countries surrounding my country. Apart from Ghana, because we had such a tight relationship with them before. But like mm-hmm. Togo, Benin Republic, uh, even Syria, we don't get to hear a lot. Now, I don't know if things have changed, because I, you know, I went to school there a long time ago. But I feel like we, as Africans, we need to learn more about each other's countries. Mm-hmm. So You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know about your country. You don't know about my country too. But that's what I'm trying to point out. That we both don't know so much about the other person's country. But that shouldn't be. Because, you know, in the U.S. there are like 50-something states, right? And the way I see the U.S., they could individually be countries. Even the states can be, like for example, Texas is, you know, almost the size of Nigeria. And it's that diverse. But you learn a lot about, you know, Texas culture and, you know, the American history as a whole. But Africa is so rich and so big and with many countries. I feel like if we can at least learn about those countries and how they were developed and, you know, what kind of um, governance they have, the economic development and even travel opportunities, maybe like an, a cultural exchange program that we can do between countries, I think that would be very fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're right. We, ha- you know, I've been working. Uh, before I uh, I got married, I was working in the um, Egyptian Environmental Affairs Agency, yeah. and I used to to travel to many parts of the world um, with my my with my team. And uh, but I've been to the I've been to the very first phase when we're living in inner Egypt. You know, but if I could, uh, if I just continue with them, they went to many parts of the world other than Egypt. Uh, I I do have some of my friends on my uh, still on my Facebook page, and they are sharing their pictures in Africa. They were wonderful, yeah. and I wish I could I could live there yeah. or see there, but yeah. you know, you know, family is family. <laughs> Right, true. Right, true. Well, I hope this changes, though, because I feel like there's so much you can learn from each other. Because some things, like, for example, your country does a lot better than my country. For example, tourism. You know, Egypt is a very popular place for tourism. Maybe there's some things we can learn from you guys in that aspect. I think ways we can even, you know, fight other kind of, you know, um, economic disadvantages together. Like rubbing minds. Not just because we have AU, we have to talk. But on a more, you know, distilled level. Like we're having people come from different countries and, you know, interact with other people from you know, other parts of Africa as well. You're also a speaker at TED Talks. Like, what has that been the process for you? And I'm also <laughs> going to ask you about your writing as well, because I know you write HuffPost Arabic and then Al Jazeera blogs as well. What yeah. do you write about? Like, let's start with your TED Talks. Like, what kind of talks do you give a TED Talk? I couldn't find a video on that. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a freelance translator. Uh, I do watch the video and uh, I see the transcript and I just translate it into my native language, which is which is Arabic. And there is multi and I want to be clear about this. There's many accents, many dialects in Arabic. Really? There's the Gulf. Yeah, there is Gulf. <laughs> there is Gulf Arabic. The people are in the in the Gulf cities are speaking it, and the Egyptian Arabic, which is the easiest, and even the Levantine or Levantine Arabic, which is in Syria and uh, or uh, Jordan, and people in those areas are, are speaking. You know, there's different accents. Like you know, when you when you're talking to uh, an American from Texas and an Amer- another American from the New York. Mm. You, you feel the difference, you know, yeah. those people are stretching the words and, you know, and those people are speaking as fast as hell, you know. But how different are they? Like, so if you're talking about Texan accent versus the New York accent, what difference, I mean, it's, it's the same English you're speaking fundamentally. You could still hear, you know, those people talk. And how different is, you know, Gulf Arabic from the Levantine one? Uh, you know, in Egypt itself, there's multi you know, multi ways to speak to speak the language itself. You know, I, I believe like people in in Egypt, like you know, when you, when they say, "Do you want something?" or "Do you want this?" you say, "I was," 
ده اوكي يو سي عاوز and uh, in Syria they say بدك بدك يا see the difference uh, oh that's really different if i don't know how, i don't know what that sounds but that sounded different to me <laughs> yes two, two, totally different words from two different from and they are understandable the syrian guy will understand me and, and the egyptian guy will understand oh, the syrian you so know they will understand but, each other yeah but oh. the egyptian is the easiest arabic you will ever see really <laughs> yeah well, good, uh, ever i could never understand them the the moroccan and the, the yeah. tunisian yeah they are hard to understand because they're speaking too fast and they are cutting many letters so uh, they are so different but but even my tunisian friends and my algerian friends they understand me when i'm speaking so that's okay. that's fine <laughs> so what, uh, yeah. what's work like being a, a translator <laughs> like because i know when you translate you're not just translating the words for words you don't just syntax for syntax you also have to you know bring in the meaning and the context and so many things because it's not you know it's not very easy doing that i've done some translation work before in very in a small capacity and i can tell you it was very very miserable and i just told myself no I'm never going to do it again what would you say <laughs> you know are some of the challenges you have and what what is your day like as a translator for you know the different channels you work for um difference in culture you know that you know the the word in every specific word if you're if you're translating word by word yeah. you would understand every word but if you want the context itself yeah. or even the idea it's harder mm-hmm. and even and even even if you're facing like the um, the idioms or the things like that they are hard to to translate you you're knowing the the, the phrase itself yeah. like it's it's raining cats and dogs you cannot say that <laughs> it's really it's really <laughs> yeah so you cannot translate that otherwise if you're knowing the word or you're knowing the phrase or the knowing the idiom because you're living here in the u.s yeah. so you understand that it's an of an idiom it's just said in specific situations or when it's raining heavily yeah uh, that's one of the challenges that's facing me and even i do care about the context or the the idea more than the word by word because of this you know yeah. Sp- specifically because i am more into translating the the heartfelt talks yeah. uh, and um, you know the 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 the, the humanitarian stories yeah. so they are using more of this uh, i i remember the the, the talk i I've, I've mentioned you earlier this uh, conversation i no. talked about bernie brown yeah, when she was talking about yeah when she was talking about about being vulnerable and she yeah. said that she was in the market and she said that the lady was so behind me she was at my six that i didn't understand <laughs> this, what this means oh i and see i, I see i see i see yeah. oh that's a secret service Yeah, yeah yeah so so that that's why uh, i it's not an easy job to to but you know it's fun you know you you're learning everything every single day a new thing also meet more people through that yeah uh <clears throat> actually uh i've been uh, you know I, i've been talking to uh, people from iraq i've been talking to people from and of course america and even in canada and yeah. you know you know and uh i've been working online and that's the good thing about this job for a mom with two kids you know i can do it from my home Yeah. And you know, and it's really getting amazing how people are different and how you're connecting people and you feel you know you're doing something you know super fantastic you know yeah. because those people are not can gonna be understand each other if there's no uh, nobody in the middle to transfer the words and you know and that kind of stuff. Oh, very good. Thanks, <clears throat> China. So you also write, right? 
Yeah, I do write. Yeah. Um, well, how would you can you talk a little bit more about your creative process? Like, how do you get inspirations for things you write about? And first, what do you write about? Um, in uh, I do write in multiple places. Uh, I do write in half post Arabic. Now uh, they they change the name. It's Arabic Post. Yeah. Uh, and I do write in uh, Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. I mostly I do write about heartfelt stories. Um, I've remembered uh, uh, one one time. Uh, most you know. Uh, most of the stories I've been sharing is those stories that you know have a, expressing the culture of shock, yeah. even from me or even from the outsiders. You know, uh, once uh, we were in, uh, I came here to uh, to U.S. We got uh, the, the our local mosque here vandalized twice. Mm. And uh, this is not a good message to to, to deliver to, to have, you know. This is that, that message of hate, and we and even our Muslim community here is so uh, engaging, and we are so into the American culture, and we are so giving, and we are, you know. But we are we got our local mosque uh, vandalized, and one of the other mosques in other cities got burned down to earth. Wow. Yeah. So that was so scary. And, you know, I, every one of us at this, at this year, we're, we're waiting for the, for when we're scaring, we're, we're fleeing to go to the mosque at this time and pray, you know. And, um, and that's because what, you know, it's going on in the news and even uh, then, uh, we've been to the hospital, uh, me and my kids, I have um, a check, a checkup. And then, uh, my, my son saw a magazine, um, uh, with, with a, a lady with a headscarf, and uh, the the scene was the, the the scene behind her was a broken home and a war and uh, airplanes in the sky and other people are coming at the very end from in a boat in the sea and it feels like they are Syrian they are moving from a place to another and she was crying mm-hmm. and and. Even all of those stories, I didn't talk to my son about the, the vandalized mosque, the burned mosque. I, no, I didn't. And even I didn't speak about the Syrian refugees or something. And I thought about how I would respond. He asked me, why this silly is crying? She's wearing a scarf. Maybe she's a Muslim like us. Why is she crying? And I'm so, you know, because we are a minority here. And if I tell him something like that, he will feel left out. And I will teach him hate deliberately. So I, it's, it's, it's really hard and challenging to speak here to your kid about miserable story without teaching him, them hate. So I decided to write my first book, Hi, I'm Syrian, to educate the kids about the Syrian refugees and, mm. and give them idea how they could help. And in the other hand, on the other hand, they won't be feeling, um, uh, left out if they are, you know, everyone from every background can read this story, even they are Arab or even they are American. You know, the American will know how to help, and even the the Arab or the Syrian will know that there is also other people who could offer help, uh, despite of all the bad things he just either see or they just saw. I see. You know, it's a it's a story about a Syrian guy Syrian or boy. a Syrian kid. Yeah, yeah, he's a Syrian boy. And let me give you a spoiler spoiler alert. He is uh, he's born in Syria, and all of a sudden he woke up in the morning. He found his home is down to earth. He lost his toys. You know, I'm I'm trying to speak about the 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 kind of a child how he could think about the matter. And he see people. He saw people coming here and going there. And he didn't know what's happening, and he didn't find his mom or dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I didn't speak about anybody dead or any, you know, because I don't, I don't think that kids would like this language to speak of. Uh, so I, I just say he didn't find his mom and, or that, but he found his uncle. He gathered with them. He rode, they rode a boat and it was the, the waves were so high. They have to go in the dark and then they move to another country. They're looking forward to, to, to another family. They're hosting them. And I, and at the end of the story, the, the guy is telling his American friend who offered to help him. Well, I wish my, the fire that caught my home never caught your home oh. because we're, you see. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to end the story the way that the best way I can because it's a sad story and there's not yeah and there's nothing you have to just present it the way it is yeah but yeah and even I used the the experience of uh, a friend of mine she's Egyptian too she's uh, American she's uh, she's Egyptian doctor she's um, she's Samar Hassan she 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 did she did the illustration and I used. Uh, one of my friends, she's Isi Aman. She's a Japanese. She was a refugee in a refugee camp here in the U.S. and she helped me a lot with the coloring. And she's awesome, you know. Oh, and shout, it was, out, shout out to her then. Yeah, shout out to those coders, to those people. <laughs> they really yeah. helped a lot. Good. Um, now we're going to move to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast, everyone. Shama, what did you learn today? I learned today that every calamity will uh, will teach you a lesson. Mm. Every calamity you have in your life will teach you a, a new skill, uh, a new door to open, um, uh, a, one, a new thing to learn. Um, you know, it's it's not about the calamity. We have to look at the good side at everything. And one good side of the calamity that teaches you something new. I see. I see. <laughs> Uh, to add to that, I think it's almost that concept of the yin and the yang, the um, confusion philosophy, where life, you have to take the good and the bad together. If you have it good all the time, then you become very insensitive. And if you have it bad all the time, you become very burnt out. So You're like right. you said, you know, the bad may seem very horrible and tragic, but there's always a lesson to learn. And sometimes if you pay attention, you might find a lesson to learn. The lesson could be, you could be that one that passes it down to somebody else so that when they're going through that, they can find someone they connect to. Like, oh, I thought I was the only one. No, I actually had that same thing happen to me. So that could be a lesson you can pass down to people so you can feel they're not lonely in that struggle. So yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on that. That your calamities are lessons you can learn from them. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally right. <laughs> Well, um, so kind of nearing the end of the podcast, thank you so much. I had a question for you. So I'm Nigerian, right, as you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions you're curious about as far as being Nigerian is concerned? Like me being Nigerian is concerned? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I do have a question for you. Okay. Uh, so I <laughs> I shared with you some of the monuments and some of the, the places of interest in Egypt. So would you share with me some of the Niger? So I might go there someday and see how it looks like, Nigeria looks like. Oh my goodness. Okay, so okay. <laughs> that's a very good question. Very good question. And I can tell because you're a very you're a traveler. That's how you could ask that question. So I lived in Lagos for almost all my life, and I didn't get to visit a lot of other parts of Nigeria. So for those listening, do not put me on the cross for not mentioning your cities. Okay. Um, I'm from Lagos. That being said, so Lagos, I love Lagos. I grew up there. It's chaotic. It's insane. Like I don't think I can live in Lagos anymore. Cause think of it like New York. But Lagos has a lot of scenes that you like. You know, we're very we're by the Atlantic Ocean. So if you like beaches. You know, we have a lot of bitches in Lagos. And uh, also one of those places where you have a lot of foreigners go 
living so there's so many upscale restaurants you can try we also love to party so if you like partying lagos will be good if you like seafood lagos is also good for that if you like a lot of history if you're a history buff there's some places you can go outside of lagos lagos has some bits of history but i feel like you want to go to oyo ibado or even ogun state those are states in nigeria where you can mm-hmm. learn more about you know the architecture and uh, the monarchy when we did when we used to have also have, they still have kings and queens they have kings and royalty there but it's not as pronounced as it used to be in the past i mean there's so many areas we have yankari game reserve like almost like a mini safari we have um just is also a very good place it's very beautiful the landscape mm-hmm. is very wonderful there are a lot of mountains there i have been to jigawa jigawa is very close to the is in the north you know very close to the border of you know between i think chad or one of those other countries and it's it's like a desert you know so if you like this kind of things i feel like there's so many aspects of you know nigeria you can explore whatever you want to do there's Probably somewhere in Nigeria you can get it done. And the people, the people, I forget about the people. The people are wonderful. The people are nice. So while those places are really fine and they are, you know, um, exciting to explore, Nigerian people are probably one of the warmest people you'll find. They're very hospitable and, you know, and that warmth will probably make you want to stay. You probably wouldn't want to even go back to Canada anymore. So yeah, visit Nigeria and, you know, try as many food as you can and... Yeah, explore the so, landscape. So what's your favorite food in there? The seafoods? That's uh, it? I like seafood, but no, plantains are my favorite food. And it's such a shame because it's not even indigenous to Nigeria. It's somewhere from, I think, Central America. But whoever brought, you know, plantains to Nigeria, God bless you, because this is my favorite. I don't know if you had them before. They're like big bananas. I can eat them any day, however you want to present them, boil them, you know, fry them, grill them, roast them big them mm-hmm. i don't care want me more plantains so yeah plantains are my favorite food but it's sad because like i said they're not indigenous to um nigeria but if i would choose another food with fish you know i like a lot of fish have you had plantains uh, and and plantain and plantain they look like banana they're like it bananas just... yeah but they're more yeah i know them i know them uh, uh, one of my mexican friends just give it a give it very give true a shot then, of, I yeah believe you, i believe you never said for me mexican because mexicans eat it a lot <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they eat it in different we have them in maduros they have them in you know those yeah they have them in different consistencies depending on the ripeness and they do different things with them like oh you guys are so extra you know (laughs) yeah i gotta try this yeah again thanks for that was a very good question you asked me so visit nigeria and obviously egypt deal (laughs) deal. (laughs) good then well um are there any final questions before i wrap up this podcast session okay do you have any questions for me before i go before we go, uh, uh, no, I'm fine for now. But I, I will contact you through the email if we do have uh, further no questions. Problem, no, no problem. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shama, for Thank sharing you. your story. Everyone today, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Shama. Thank Shama you. Is, Thank you. Know, she's many things. She's an author. She's a blogger. She's a mom of. We will talk about your boys. <laughs> How old are they? They are nine and five. Oh. Yeah. What's their favorite activity? Do you like soccer as well? Actually, they are the my bigger one likes to code. He's a little coder. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Watch out for that one. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, and, and the little one likes to draw. He 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 likes to draw on everything, even the walls. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a play. mess up. You know. That sounds stressful just listening to you. But yeah. Well, you know, well, well, that's right. Sorry, we didn't get to talk about them. Maybe next time we'll talk more about your boys. Um, okay. Thank you very much for having, for giving me such an opportunity. It was nice talking to you. You're you're so nice. You're hospitable. You're you're oh, you're fun. Thank, uh, thank you very you. much. Thank you. See, it's the African thing. You yeah. get it, right? You get it. <laughs> you're well, right. <laughs> thank you. I feel like I've known you forever because you know we just talk naturally. So thank you so much. Really, thanks thank for you. you know accepting thank the invitation. Thanks for telling me about your story. And I do wish you all the very best in your upcoming projects, especially your writing process. And thank please, you. You know, keep in touch. Thank you. You likewise. Thank you. Have a you have a wonderful day. Yeah. All right, everyone. That was the most simple podcast. I just interviewed. Shama Farag and we talked about so many things
Philippines, Egypt, Nigeria, um, creative process, you know, how immigrating from Egypt to Saudi Arabia, then to Canada, and then back to the U.S., and her work as an Al Jazeera translator. If you love the content of this episode, don't forget to email or comment on the website, www.mostable.com. You can also rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as the Mostable Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Mostable. Have a good night, everyone. All right, Jerry, thank you so very much. Thank you, dear. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you today. Same here, same here. And have a wonderful night. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye.